Would you open up your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter 17, beginning with verse 24. This is the word of God, and it is eternally true. When they came to Capernaum, those who collected the two drachma tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the two drachma tax? He said, yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first, saying, what do you think, Simon? From who do the kings of the earth collect customs or poll tax, from their sons or from strangers? When Peter said, from strangers, Jesus said to him, then the sons are exempt. However, so that we do not offend them, go to the sea and throw in a hook and take the first fish that comes up. And when you open its mouth, you'll find a shekel, take that, and give it to them for you and me. This is the word of the Lord. So people debate whether or not Jesus has a sense of humor. And most of what he says has very little sort of ha-ha-ha humor in it, right? But we see here, this is pretty funny. This is actually a joke. You can't read him saying, but so that we don't offend them, go down, get a fish, open its mouth, and pay the tax for the two of us. And an awful lot of the New Testament Gospels are, are actually jokes. And a lot of how Jesus taught was jokes. Because really, it's not far off to say that the parables are jokes. They're jokes with a punchline. And usually the punchline is pretty compressed. You don't have any footnotes in Jesus' teaching. I always think that when it says that they were amazed that he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law, the principal thing that means is that he has no citations, except one. And what is the one citation he has over and over again, and not the way Stephen would do it, but the way I do it. <laughs> I'm always jealous of Stephen because Stephen has this like unbelievable brain for references in Scripture. And... Uh, all I can remember are the words, right? Don't worry, Stephen knows the words too. So the one citation that Jesus had that was over and over and over and over and over and over again is the citation, it says, Scripture says, God says. And a lot of you need to learn that, that that's his citation. And so we should speak and write and think in such a way right? But we don't. Instead, we're always looking to be able to cite John Piper or John MacArthur or, or uh, pastors, uh, Tom Schreiner, you know. And so parables had authority. They had a punchline. And every single time you hear a parable, you should think, what is the punchline? 
And here, what is the punchline? Well, concerning humor, the punchline is go get a fish, open its mouth, there's the tax, pay it. But for truth, that's really not the punchline here, is it? The punchline here is I am the son, you are the son, no, we owe nothing. Right? Can you see that? When he says who pays, right, the kings of the earth collect taxes, customs, or poll tax from their sons or from strangers. The point he's making is, I am the son of God. This was not a Roman tax. This was a tax of the temple. And so what he's saying is, this is a tax that I instituted in the Old Testament, all right, and so I am God. I am the Son of God. Therefore, I am exempt from the tax. I'm a son. I'm the Son of God. Peter understands this. All right. Peter is an adopted son of God. This is what it says in Galatians, that he adopts us by faith as sons. So he says, I'm the son of God, and you are a son of God by adoption. We are sons. No, we don't have to pay a thing. So that's the center of the account. We don't have to pay a thing. But often in parables, there are, there are subordinate punchlines. And, and there are here. So what he's saying is, the kings on the earth don't collect customs or poll tax from their sons. They do it from strangers. Their sons are exempted. Now, everybody knows this, right? I was told uh, by a judge once that uh, uh, the chief justice of, of the Supreme Court for whom he worked in the state where he worked, so he was the administrative clerk to the Supreme Court chief justice, he said, one day this justice was out driving in the countryside of this state, and a, a state trooper pulled him over. And as the state trooper walked up to the car, he saw the back license plate. And then he saw the man. And he was mortified that here he had pulled over his top authority in his department, you know, which is the chief justice of the Supreme Court. And so he walked up to the window and he said uh, something like, Your Honor, uh, what should a police officer in this situation do? Your Honor. <laughs> he just had no idea what he was supposed to do. And the Chief Justice said, um, I think that what an officer in your situation should do is to give all of the, um, and I forget the particular word he used, all of the, uh, not privileges, but all of the allowances, but no, it wasn't allowances, every privilege to that uh, officer that he would normally give to a fellow officer or something like that. Yes, sir, have a good day, sir. And he walked back, got in his car, and drove away, you know. <laughs> and that, 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 is, that actually did happen. Well, that's, the, that's positive, right? None of us are going to be resentful about that, right? No, no, no. That's beautiful. If anybody should be exempt, it's the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. Not me, don't worry. Now, the negative is this, that when President Clinton and President Bush and President Barack Obama go to Washington, they've all pandered to us, 
by telling us they care about children, right? And of course, that never means they're going to get rid of abortion. (laughs) What it always means is they will give more money to our public educators. So when they talk about caring for our children, what they're always saying is, uh, I'm going to make sure that our public school system is better funded than my predecessor has had it funded, right? And then what do they always do? Well, when President Clinton went to Washington, D.C. with Hillary and their daughter, Chelsea, we had an, a niece who uh, was paying, at that time, $24,000 a year to go to Sidwell Friends School in D.C. And guess who was enrolled at Sidwell Friends School when the Clintons came to Washington? Chelsea Clinton, of course. Yeah. And so our authorities are always exempt. Dad never has to do anything around the home. The pastor never has to do anything at the church. Are you with me? We're exempt. Now, that has a negative, negative feel to us, right? You think, no, 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 that's not right. You're right, it's not right. But Jesus is talking about something that everybody knows, which is the king is not going to tax his son, right? And so it's just a truism. It has negative, it has positive applications. And Peter recognizes it. Jesus then said to him, then the sons are exempt. And remember I said that that includes Jesus This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Remember the voice that came from heaven. All right. It includes Peter. The spirit within us cries out, Abba, Father. And that proves that you're a son of God. All right. However, so that we do not offend them, go to the sea and throw in a hook and take the first fish. And when you open its mouth, you'll find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for you and for me. And that's the humor punchline. Because think about it. You know, Jesus is telling him to go get a fish and open its mouth and take the stuff and give it to the people that care about the stuff. Right? It reminds you of the story of Jesus being asked, uh, should you pay taxes? And he says, well, whose picture is on it? Render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And so what does it show us? Well, number one, it shows us that Jesus has a very light touch, doesn't he? And I think at this time, that's the main point I want to apply. I get to apply the things that I think are most pertinent, and that's one of the things you have to remember when you read the New Testament quoting the Old Testament. Sometimes it will change the Old Testament quote slightly. And when you quote a source... If you change it slightly, that's entirely proper because you're using the text to make a point, all right? And so when I apply this to you, there should be some improvement from me opening my mouth. Otherwise, all we do is just get together and read the Bible and be done. I think the app, one of the applications of this to us is that we should have a similar light touch with the civil magistrate so that we won't offend Go open up the mouth of a fish. And you'll find there enough for you and me. All right, first, 
uh, so that we don't offend. Listen, you only get so many opportunities to offend people, and then they stop listening to you. And if you haven't learned that with your wife, you're a stupid husband. And if you haven't learned it with your children, you're really foolish. So, for instance, you should realize that very, very soon your children will judge you. They only have a few years where they don't judge you. And if you haven't lived with them while they're not judging you in such a way that they love you to death, when they judge you, you may never get them back. All right? All you dads listening to me. Okay. You only get so many opportunities to offend. All right? When you're going to offend, make sure that the offense is unavoidable. This is what it means in Romans when it says, inasmuch as it's possible, live at peace with all men. And so Jesus, knowing the Holy Spirit says, inasmuch as it's possible, live at peace with all men, says, so that we don't offend, go get the fish, right? Go get the money out of the mouth of the fish. And so the principle there is we should not offend. In other words, we should show our submission to authority in such a way that police officers and judges and child protective service people and the governor and the professors actually like us. Now, if they hate us, that's their responsibility as long as we've not caused needless offense. So insofar as it's possible to us, we should go along to get along. That's a biblical principle. That's what this means, so that we don't offend. All right? Go along to get along. All right? There are times where we can't do that. You know, I've been in Bloomington, then in Madison, in DeKalb, in Boulder, in Boston, and so I've heard a lot of accounts of higher education. And it's simply true that there are many, many, and Wheaton. (laughs) That's probably the place you have to be most on guard. There are many opportunities where you know that if you witness to the truth in whatever class you're in, that you're going to be penalized with your grade. You just know that. And so that offense, you can't escape. Because it's essential to your testimony. Right? And then you say, yeah, but wait a second. Um, Here Jesus is actually acting as if he owes the money because, look, he pays it. And I go, okay, so how scrupulous do you want to be? Are you with me? And, Cor, I've forgotten that you were here, but if you don't like me, that's okay. It's all right. You don't have to like me. It's not your job to like me. It's my job to be likable to you. He's a police officer. I've forgotten he's here. (laughs) So what we have here is we have the issue of offense, and what we have to realize is that there are some times where it's impossible not to give offense, and one of them is when we write papers. We have to write truth, but we don't have to write, you idiot professor, if you were a Christian, you would know that. You know, you don't write that. And maybe you don't dump the whole gunny sack on him once you get a chance to write him. Are you with me? And it's an art. It's not a science. And so that's why it's very helpful to get counsel from other people. If you're going to cause offense, 
get counsel from other people, especially your wife. All right. But here's another application. Think of Jesus giving that money. Everybody who receives that money will think that Jesus and that Peter acknowledged that it was their obligation, right? Otherwise, why would they pay it? None of them would think that they're paying it simply to avoid offending. And that as it was paid, the Son of God said, this tax does not apply to me. And if our goal is to protect our money and to protect our convenience, ho, 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 we will send that money with a huge billboard attached to it. I don't owe this money, but just so I get along with you, I'm giving it to you. In other words, when it comes to principles that are Christian, and our goal is to protect our perquisites, our money, our convenience, all of a sudden, we come up with unbelievable arguments about why I should not have to submit. Right? I mean, come on. Are you with me, or is this just me? Okay, thank you. A lot of times I wish I preached to a black church. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it's you and I'm convicting you of sin. Okay? And so when it comes to the issue of us having principles, be very suspicious of people that write long books about how the federal redistribution of health is theft. Do you understand what I'm saying? Be very suspicious of pastors who take the exemption out of Social Security, claiming they have a principle against the federal government providing insurance, and then in every single other area of their life, they're um, loaded for bear with insurance. Do you understand this? Did you all know pastors can take an exemption from Social Security? Yeah. And look, if you take an exemption from Social Security because it's a bad investment, the only way you can take it is that you have a principle against it, right? It's true. And so we have to be very careful not coming up with principles that match our preferences. Because Christians can be unbelievably excellent at coming up with theological reasons to rebel against authority. Do I need to convince you of that one? I mean, if I open my mouth to you about anything, how many of us really, our automatic response is to submit to authority and the pastor's in authority and you want to listen carefully? I mean, you know, I watch your face, <laughs> you know, and if you don't like me admonishing you. Who likes getting a ticket? Everybody that likes getting a ticket, raise your hand. You know, you say, hello, officer. I was hoping you'd stop me. Are you going to exhort me about how I drive and my speed? Has anybody here said that to the police officer? I'll bet there's one. <laughs> and I honor you. Anybody? All right, nobody. Once? Did you do that? Who? You were... That's why I love you. Yeah, that's why I love you, Chris. That doesn't surprise us. 
does it that Chris has done that. Thank the police officer. Corey, you should love him. All right. So you all get the point. Be suspicious of where you think that you have a reason to say no to civil authority. Taxes you think are unjust. People that make the case that taxes are unjust. Now, on the other hand, if you're in a position of civil authority, all right, if you're a professor, if you are a commissioner, if you are a senator, if you are a policeman, then you need to study what is and is not just because that's at the center of your responsibility. And then you should read the books about whether or not the redistribution of wealth through Washington, D.C. is according to our Constitution because, after all, you've taken a vow to subordinate your own will to the Constitution, right? You should read the Indiana Constitution. You should read the rules of the road because why? Well, because then it is the essence of your calling to live under authority, and then for you as a civil magistrate to submit to the authority of the Tenth Amendment. And of our Constitution and of our municipal code, it is your job to submit to it, and it's your job to think about changes that should be made if you're a legislator. If you're a governor, right? Are you with me? But normally, most of us, we simply are to submit. And we should make sure that there's a very important principle at stake if we rebel, right? But we should submit knowing that God will provide for all our needs and that the Father of the universe, the creator of everything that exists, that he's our daddy. And so we should not worry. You know, Jesus said that we could look at the birds of the air and the beasts of the field, we could look at the flowers, we could look at the grass, and know that God's going to provide for all our needs. And so what is our allegiance? Our allegiance is not to these United States. We can love the United States, we can be grateful that we live in these United States, but our home is not here. Our home is in heaven. That does not allow us to not do the hard work of reforming the state of Indiana, the city of Bloomington, the country of these United States. Notice these, these, these. Always say these. Don't ever say thee, because then you've given up on the Tenth Amendment. Always say these. We, we, we are faithful to our civil duties. We're not cynical. We're not defeatist. We're faithful. But this is what? This is not our home. Where is our home? Our home is what Eric Clapton said. It's in the presence of the Lord. That's not what he meant, but it's what I mean. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God. And we should pray that it will be brought in quickly. Because really the only way abortion will end is when souls are converted. Right? And not until abortion has brought been brought to an end in this country, will we have a return of 
the rule of law. And so we vote, we hope, we reform, we police, we observe the speed limit, we pull money out of the mouth of a fish. We see that Jesus gave Peter his tax out of the mouth of a fish. We know God will provide whatever we need to honor the civil magistrate. We don't think that God's unable to provide for us if we don't steal from the civil magistrate, right? Right? And so we're honest on our taxes. I got a notice from the IRS yesterday that somebody else claimed an exemption that I claimed. So Taylor and I all have to work this out, you know. <laughs> okay? Does this all make sense to you? And if you think it makes perfect sense, you haven't gotten the joke. There is some real ambiguity in this story about Jesus. It's not a science, it's an art. Yeah, we don't owe the tax, but go take it out of the mouth of the fish. Then we won't offend them. 